0: If you're a mom, you're a superhero. That's right, own it. We possess a unique superpower of intuition, a sixth sense for what our kids are up to, how they feel, what they want, and when they want it. Yep, it's amazing. I call this Mom Sense. Oftentimes, we are Googling for answers, joining Facebook groups, or relegating to taking unsolicited advice from our friends when all we have to do is listen to that voice inside us. No, not the one that's telling you you're fat. The other voice, the one that seems to know everything when it comes to your kids and leaves you feeling confident, empowered, purposeful, and all things hashtag momgoals. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadha Gupta, and I'm a mother of twin toddlers and a baby, double the fun plus one. And I can honestly say that now that I'm a mom, I feel like my life is just getting started. On my podcast, I interview industry experts and real life mamas on their Mom Sense experiences, tackling topics like how to teach kids to meditate, what it takes to have the marriage you've always dreamed of, and how to master your car makeup routine. Grab your latte that's probably ice cold by now and take a listen to That's Total Mom Sense. So in my opinion, the most challenging facet to being a parent is wondering if you're making good decisions for your kids. Should I sleep train or not? How much screen time? Should I opt for a nanny or daycare? When are we doing away with bottles? when to start potty training. And these small problems evolve when we have tweens and adolescents who are faced with peer pressure, bullying, self-esteem issues, keeping up with competitive academic environments, honing in on their passions and being socially accepted. Sue Groner is the founder of The Parenting Mentor, which provides on-site and virtual sessions for parents of toddlers through teens. As a University of Pennsylvania Wharton School graduate and a former advertising executive, Groner uses her training and creative problem solving with her clear methodology to help parents foster and maintain a more fulfilling and stress-free experience while in the trenches of the day-to-day child rearing. She lives in New York with her husband and two children. So one of the quotes I want to start this episode off with is from her book, and it's by Dr. Elliot Barsh, a pediatrician. One of the most frustrating aspects of parenting is that there is no school for it. You learn by doing. Sue Groner's parenting tips provide immediate access to wise and loving guidance that can help when navigating the many day-to-day challenges we encounter when raising children. Her big-picture, common-sense approach offers parents a toolbox that allows them to act from a position of confidence. Sue, welcome to That's Total Mom Sense.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Most
0: welcome. Okay, so let's start from the very beginning. What were you like as a young mother?
1: Well, I wasn't a young mother. (laughs) But as a mother of very little kids, Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of fun. Like I really enjoyed the process. Um, You know, there were times where I was exhausted and frustrated, but for the most part, when they were really little, I had a lot of enjoyment through that phase. As they got a little older, it got a little harder. And by the time my kids were in middle school, I was a very stressed out and anxious parent.
0: Mm. So tell us, um, well, tell us about your kids, your son and your daughter, and that, you know, the transition into becoming tweens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, my kids now, my son's going to be 20 in two weeks.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And my daughter's 22. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I finally figured out how to how to get it all right. I yeah,
0: think. you made um, it. And, <laughs> yeah,
1: and hopefully, you know, the reason for the parenting mentor so I can share that with other parents so they don't have to go through the phases that I did, which we're, we're trying.
0: Mm-hmm. When did you realize that, like, you know what, I'm, I'm hitting a breaking point when you had your middle schoolers?
1: I, I think I felt like I had to control everything that they were doing. You know, I. They needed to get their homework done. They needed to be cleaning their room. They needed to be going to bed at a certain time. They needed to be practicing their instrument. They needed like it was just this constant, crazy thing that I was going through. Right. Instead of like looking at them as individuals and treating them that way, I kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, I mm-hmm. I say now that I think so many parents look at their role as this as parents as this 18-year engineering project. (laughs) And I can relate to that because I think I was doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, fortunately, I stopped myself and I took a huge step back and it made a really big difference. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was a process to learn how to do that and to learn how to communicate with my kids in a way that they would be open to listening and that wasn't judgmental.
0: Absolutely. So, you had a career in advertising before this. Tell us a little bit about that and then how you made the shift into this parenting space. Well, there
1: were a lot of different
0: careers Mm -hmm. along the way. Yeah. Um,
1: You know, it's okay to try different things. You know, if you asked me, was I going to be the parenting mentor now, (laughs) I would say I wouldn't even know what that was. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And I actually think that. You know, there are so many jobs that haven't even been created yet right, because of right. the way technology is changing so much. Absolutely. That, um, yeah, so I did a whole bunch of different things, and, you know, I did start out in advertising mm-hmm. in account management, um, you know. And, yeah, it was creative problem solving, right. which I've kind of done through every little, you know, job that I've had, every career that I've had. Yes. You know, I did this tiny little real estate development project for an organization in Bedford where my kids were going to school. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that was how we're going to get this done. How are we going to raise the money? How are we going to get it executed? Um, And I had to use a lot of different tools and skills to be able to get that done. You know, I... Was the director of marketing for a music production company Mm -hmm. for about five years. You know, same thing. How many get this company known and, you know, well-known and have lots of clients and um, thinking a little bit out of the box, thinking about solving certain problems, asking the right questions Um, I think so much of it has to do with asking questions, knowing what questions to ask.
0: Um, And so tell us about this shift that you had in your life, the impetus for you kind of founding the Parenting Mentor.
1: Um, Well, for one thing, I... Realized that I was going to be an empty nester sooner than I had planned Mm -hmm. because my son begged and begged to go to boarding school, and finally we gave in and let him go within, you know, an hour from our house. Okay, oh, (laughs) that's great. See him a lot (laughs) lot, and it was, you know, I'm amazed that he had the foresight. To see what a great experience this would be for him. Yeah. You know, and he's still really great friends with all his friends from home. And he just wanted to do this. Um, And so at that point, I started thinking about, you know, maybe my next move. And I'd been in the process of... On my own of really working through all these different parenting things and I started to help a lot of other people who were just come to me and ask me questions whether it's someone I met whether it was my physical therapist or mm-hmm. friends of mine who had younger kids or even kids my own my own kids ages right and I all of a sudden had this whole new outlook on how to parent and I was getting a lot of very positive feedback and Mm -hmm. I was getting a lot of, you know, you really should do this for as a make it a business kind Mm -hmm. of comments too. And I finally said, you know what? This is a great idea. This is and this is gonna feel good. Yes, yes. Feel good to me to help parents kind of deal with these everyday inevitable stresses. Like you can have the most wonderful kids in Mm -hmm. the world, Mm -hmm. but no one is exempt from that kind of stress and anxiety. That just happens. Exactly. It just happens.
0: So true. So true. Um, so tell us about the parenting mentor and some of the work you do and the clients you work with.
1: Well, my reason for being really is to help parents be less stressed and anxious. Yeah, yeah sure. They'd be happier and more relaxed through the process, through your life as a parent. I work with all different kinds of clients. Right. I work with parents with, you know, kids who are, you know, maybe 18 months and up. Yeah. I don't really work in the newborn, you know, first year phase because there's so many experts who just deal with those kinds of issues. Sure. Um, But once a kid is like 18 months, two years old, all the way up to, believe it or not, um, parents with adult children. You know, there are a lot of issues that can come up with that, too. I'm sure some of your listeners may be those adult children that are having the issues with their own parents. Right, Um, right. So, you know, I think we have to think about this is an ongoing process. But once you kind of learn the basics and you can really buy into them, Mm -hmm. then you shouldn't have... (laughs) Problems down
0: <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's really, really um, uh, promising to hear. <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, I work one-on-one. I work with the, you know, both partners. I can do it online, you know, whether it's Skype or Zoom. Mm-hmm. I do small groups up to eight, either the, again, in person or via Zoom. Okay. And I'm getting into the corporate arena as well because I think that full-time working parents really need support, and I think, you know, it's some something that companies should really start offering.
0: What do you think, in this day and age, the biggest challenge that parents face is?
1: I think now, like I said before, that the challenges that we think are the challenges are those that come from the engineering aspects, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Because the things that cause us stress are our kids not getting their homework done or not behaving in a certain way or not working hard enough at something that, you know, or they're not sitting down nicely at the table when they're three years old. And we project onto them as adults, which is a really big problem. Like, and, you know, it's it's a natural thing to do, but when we look at our three-year-old or our eight-year-old and think, oh my God, they're doing this now. That means that's how they're going to be as an adult. It causes us to be so worried that we feel we need to jump in and change this right away. Right. And I say, instead of this engineering project, let's look at our role differently.
0: Mm. Let's
1: look at raising self-reliant, resilient children Mm -hmm. who have good problem-solving skills and good coping mechanisms. Right. You know, and and parents say to me all the time, I just want my kids to be happy.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Well,
1: first of all, what does happy represent to me? (laughs) I mean, and everyone has a different explanation. No one's happy all the time. Yeah. To me, happy is knowing that I can get through my life. I can get through a day or a week or a month knowing if something bad happens or if something's challenging or tricky, that I can handle it. Yes. You know, if I'm sad or upset or whatever that is, I know that I will be able to work through this issue. Mm. So to me, learning those skills was really important. Mm. And if we don't think about, I just want my kids to be happy, we think about, I want to know that my kid can handle being unhappy.
0: Yeah, My kid
1: can handle frustration, can handle disappointment, can handle worry. Right. All those, like, really natural
0: emotions Emotions. that are
1: so much a part of life. Right, right. Then... We don't have to worry so much. We don't have to jump in and try to fix everything all the time, you know? <laughs> it's so true. It's like, it's I so remember, true. like, I was one of those parents who wanted to fix everything. You know, if my child wasn't happy, I would yeah. want to fix it. Yes. And make sure I could do whatever it was to make them happy. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, like, completely the opposite. Right. Now when my Let kids them work through it, have something, I mean, listen, let's face it. Kids right now don't have a whole lot of adversity in their lives. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty lucky. And so when they do, I think we need to kind of celebrate that in right. a way and say, this is great. This is now not a problem. This yes. is an opportunity yes, for yes. my child to start to
0: develop a little
1: bit of those things, right. to develop some resilience, Yeah, to develop some coping mechanisms and problem-solving skills and self-reliance. That's
0: fantastic. Um, so what is one thing that you think parents, again in society at this point in time, are doing well?
1: I think a lot of parents now are not trying to pigeonhole their children into one
0: thing Mm, or another. Yes, that's changed generationally.
1: Um, Yeah, I think that, you know, gender norms are less prevalent than they were. I mean, I really hope that that continues Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's just, I mean, and it's hard because we were conditioned in a certain way. Right. Right. You know, and if you, you sometimes you don't even think about the ways that you were conditioned, you just it just is a fact yes. in your own head. Mm-hmm. You know, you grew up in a household where you were there pretty much for eighteen years and those were and your parents were your parents. Yeah. And what they said kind of went. Right. You didn't right. even have the experience that say your partner had. Yes. Or your best friend had, or any other parent that you will see. Yeah. And so we come to it all with very different ideas of what's right and what's wrong, which also, by the way, can cause a lot of the stress between partners mm-hmm. in terms of the parenting. Right. But I think just even like gender roles were, they were very more identifiable, I think, when we were children as well, yeah, as a child yeah. than they are now.
0: Absolutely, I, I think
1: working away from that is a, is great. Is a positive
0: change, yeah, I, I completely agree. Tell us about the CLEAR methods.
1: So the CLEAR method is an acronym. It's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, they're great. And <laughs> this one stands for communication, love, empathy, awareness, rules, and respect. So my CLEAR has two R's to it. Yes, yeah, that's right. Um, you know, once you kind of figure out and work with me and to hear lots of different examples how to use it, it really becomes sort of the the template for handling issues that you have with your children. I mean, I can give you an example uh-huh. that's probably for older kids, but I think this one really works is the cell phone. Yes. You know, And some parents will come to me and go, I can't take it. My child's on their phone all the time. I want to, like, smash it. Right, right. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Take it and smash it. They won't even look up. Yeah, the first question I say is, what are your rules around cell phones? Right. You know, or Mm -hmm. the iPad or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. right? And they say, we don't have any. And I'm like, all right, well, first of all, you have to have rules. Yes, yes, yes. They're really
0: important. Right. When your
1: kids are really little, you need to set the rules yourself. Right. When your kids are a little bit older, engage them mm-hmm. in helping you to set the rules. Right, because right. Because then they get skin in the game. Yes. But the first thing in the communication process, in this whole clear thing, is understanding why they want to be on their phone. Like it's right. ha- With anything with your children, if you can try to be them. Put yourself in the mind of a two-year-old or an eight-year-old or a 12-year-old, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and think back, if you're that age, how would you be feeling right now?
0: Right, right, right.
1: And so to me, the cell phone thing is a great way to be connected to your friends, and that's a wonderful thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, you know? yes.
1: Like, I used to come home, and my parents would say, why are you on the phone? You're with your friends all day. Get off the <laughs> phone. Know, you know, know, of course, my phone oh, yeah. had a to it right um, I remember I that kid, but, yeah um, it's the same thing I yes. wanted to stay connected mm-hmm. and you know what how great for kids now that they can be connected to a whole group at the same time right, right. it's so easy to make plans yes you yeah know? <laughs> and it's just fun to communicate and share things that are going on mm-hmm. and so if you go into the conversation like that and say hey you're so lucky that you have this
0: yeah you yeah,
1: know yeah. and it's great and I love that you've Stay connected with your friends, you know. But there's some times where it would be really—it's good to not be on our phones mm-hmm. also. You know, you can acknowledge too how you use your own phone. Right. You know, I—it's great for me. I like to stay connected to my friends. It's great and very efficient way for me to get a lot of business done and make mm-hmm. appointments and whatever, whatever it is. But then I feel good putting it away for a while. Right. Like, let's talk about. You know, when are times as a family where we can put our phones away? Yes. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. So now, like, I'm showing empathy. I'm speaking from love. Mm. I don't want to be angry at this person that I gave birth to, or right,
0: whatever, exactly that I
1: love so much. Yes. Yeah. Why am I getting so frustrated and angry at this? Person, right, all right, all the time, right? right. No, I want to come at it from a place of love and I want them to know that I am, yes, and not a place of judgment,
0: right, right, you know.
1: And so, and then i the communication piece is the tone and manner, yes. So, you know, I can write this stuff, but when you hear me talk, it's I'm talking with a loving, kind tone in my voice,
0: right, right, and I
1: that goes. A long, long way. Wow! Yeah, um, and, and it, yeah,
0: way more effective than being, you know, a disciplinarian yes, because absolutely. that's just going to get them to, to rebel. I know.
1: Anyway. Yeah. And then the respect piece mm-hmm. is also there, saying, "Hey, I get this." Yeah,
0: exactly. I
1: get your. I want you to be participating in helping us come up with the rules. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. You know? Think exactly.
1: About it. Let's
0: yeah. give it a try. Yes. Oh, that's good. Great. That is really great. Um, you have some tips on engaging and um, communicating with grandparents too. (laughs) So if you can shed some light on that, I'm just curious to to hear. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, as someone who's getting towards having adult children, I Mm -hmm. guess I could consider my children adult children. Sure. You know, as your kids get older and older, like the less advice you can give, The better. Okay. (laughs) No, I mean, no one wants, listen, a little kid doesn't want to be judged. A big kid definitely doesn't doesn't want to be judged. And if you're giving advice and you're saying, well, I think you should do it this way or why aren't you doing it that way, that sounds like judgment. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because that sounds like, well, you don't think I'm doing it the right way. Right, right, Right? exactly. And so as a young mother— who's hearing it from her own mother or you know her mother-in-law or her father-in-law or whatever her father or whoever it is mm-hmm. that's questioning what she's doing can be very very off-putting yes and that I think is the root of so many issues <laughs> that come with the grandparents right and right so my first thing is to say to really think about what it is that's bothering you in that relationship mm-hmm. and, and Probably a lot of it is judgment. Sure. And then you need to go and sit down and do the same clear type of thing.
0: Yes, exactly. You know, it works with, there too, yeah. With,
1: with that particular grandparent. Mm. And, you know, I say it's got to be kind and loving again. Right. And, you know, let's say it's your mother-in-law, right? Maybe you don't love your mother-in-law so mm-hmm. much. You know, maybe you guys are kind of different personalities. and mm-hmm. But this is your... Husband's mother. Right. Or right. your partner's
0: mother. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, A, they should get a little respect. And B, they did something right.
0: Yes. You know? Yes, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we have to remember that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Got to give the credit you where it's due.
1: You know, you sit down and say, you know, it's so important to me that we have a great relationship. And I really want you to be and have an active role with our children.
0: Right. You know, like right. that
1: grandparent child re- grandchild relationship is really special it's so
0: special yeah and
1: I want really want to figure this stuff out on my own you right. know I may make mistakes along the way but you know my partner and I want really really want to do this ourselves mm-hmm. you know if we're ever stuck you know we may want to come to you and and hear what you did and we may not take that
0: yeah. advice yeah but,
1: you know we're all we'd be happy to listen, but we want you to know that this is a fun process for us. This is special. Right. We don't want to do it exactly the way you did it.
0: Yes, exactly. We don't exactly. want to do it exactly uh, the way my
1: way, mother did it. Right. Or the way and, and any other, other family. Yes. You know, yeah. Things mm-hmm. change. We're reading books. If the grandparent says, "I'm really concerned about blah blah blah," you can say, "You know what? Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I'm going to talk to my pediatrician." Mm. Okay, and that. The end. Right, exactly. Don't don't fight it. Don't engage in it. Yeah. Just say, oh, thank you for letting me know. I'm going to talk to my pediatrician. Right. And
0: that's the end. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and then if they go to
1: you more, you can say, you know what, I did some research, I talked to my pediatrician, and everything's fine, but thank you for your concern. Right, right. And not in a dismissive, rude way, but in a
0: loving way. Mm, Yes, yes.
1: You know, so much more powerful. you know and then in terms of the rules part you know if you don't want your in-laws popping in on un- an unannounced talk to them about it mm-hmm. say we want you to come we love that you want to spend time with our child but you know this let's let's schedule some times that work for both of us
0: okay <laughs> Okay, so now I want to talk about your book. Um, your first book was Parenting, 101 Ways to Rock Your World, Strategies for Parenting with Sanity and Joy. Um, and I absolutely loved this book. I read it in one sitting and I feel like it was just words of wisdom. Um, You practiced the clear method as you were were writing it. (laughs) Because because I felt like it was coming from such a respectful place and an empathetic place um, because all parents are faced with the same problem at some point in time with any age group child and it it felt like you were speaking to me. Um, Tell us about you know how the book came about. Well I
1: hated reading parenting books Mm -hmm. when I had young kids and middle schoolers and I felt that I was doing such a bad job as a mother when I would read these books because everything they said to do I like felt like I had already missed the boat, and I'd already right. screwed up my kids, you know. And then I would try something new, and my husband would say, "You're reading another book, aren't I, you?" And he would, like, "Be <laughs> able to tell like every time I read something new because I would be changing the rules, or I would right." So, <laughs> and I would never, also, never get through a whole book either. Yes. So,
0: oh like, yeah. Oh my goodness.
1: Right. So I wanted it to be really easy to read, mm-hmm. and I wanted it to be very. Non judgmental. Yes, Um, and I I even say in the introduction, like, read a tip, and literally there's one tip per page, so you could just open it up and read a tip and put it away exactly um, if you want. Um, I'm like, if it resonates, give it a try. If you try it and it doesn't work for you or it doesn't even resonate, move on. Read something else. You don't have to do all 101. (laughs) They're, They're there to exactly make. Your parenting easier to you know, like the tagline says, "Strategies for parenting with with sanity and joy," mm-hmm. and that's really what. I'm trying to do with this book. I call it the parenting book for parents who don't have
0: time to read parenting books. Yeah, you know? I love it. Yes, and that's that. There's many of us.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I also think it's a kind of book that you can read now if you have a two-year-old, and then you can pick it up when you have a five-year-old, and you can you can pick it up every year, and you'll get something else out of it. Sure. Read the tips differently because of the way the age that your child is at that point. Right. But they kind of work. From you
0: know, I say two to twenty-two. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yes, and it's so so true. I'm I'm finding that um, there's some tips that I've bookmarked that I want to just go over with you. Okay. Um, tip number one was say yes with joy. Oh, it's uh, it's it was such a good one. I love that you started the book this way on um, on a very happy note. Um, tell us about that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's. Number one, because it's my favorite too. Yeah, yeah. And it really did. When I figured this out, it made a huge difference in a lot of the things that I was doing for my kids. And it doesn't mean say yes all the time.
0: Right, right. It
1: means when you're going to say yes, say it with joy Mm -hmm. instead of, all right, give me two minutes Fine, you yes, know, yes. like the thing that you really don't feel like doing, but mm-hmm. you know you have to do. Right, right. If you say sure, I'd be happy to. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd love to. Give right, you a couple of minutes, and I'll be right there. Yes, it will not only make your child feel good mm-hmm. about it, you know, and feel them—they won't feel guilty or you know, like that they're putting you out. You will feel happier about doing it. You won't feel that kind of feeling of, Ugh, I really don't want to
0: do have this, to do but this. I have to. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's so true. I'm, I'm thinking of a scenario where, you know, of course, I mean, I have two-year-old twins and they get antsy and cabin fever and they love going to the park. And my husband already does this. When they they just are itching to go outside and they say sometimes they say they want to go to the park. He will say it with such enthusiasm and be so emphatic, let's go to the park. You know? <laughs> and they get so excited, you know, and it's just the entire experience is so much more fun. You know, right. it's not like, oh my god, fine. But even you know, if you have to like drive
1: your kid to a play date, right? right. Now, or take them shopping for something. Yeah. Or, I mean, who what it helped them with a project mm-hmm. whatever the thing is think about to yourself like wow this is an opportunity for me to spend a little time with time my with child. them
0: yes yeah you know,
1: and just the act of saying it and smiling when you do makes you feel better about it I mean it's crazy right it really really works and even now if my kid needs a ride to the train station or mm-hmm. whatever I say sure I'd love to Aww. I, do it because I'm now in the habit of doing it. But right. even now, like, if I don't feel like it, I say it because it makes me feel it better. It makes you,
0: yeah, and it makes them feel better, of course. Great. Um, the next tip was do not brag about your child. Um, and you uh, also included a quote by Khalil Gibran. Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. And I found that to be so profound, um, especially, you know, in this social media driven world where even as adults, we tend to humble brag about ourselves all the time. Many people do it. Right. And um, and then it kind of trickles through and and parents are doing that about their kids. But then it just lends itself to more judgment or self-judgment or comp- Pairing yourself to one another, right? And it's just, it's not a good place to be in. It's
1: not. I mean, listen, everyone, kids are wonderful. Yeah. You know, in their own way. You know, maybe one kid started walking sooner. Right. Maybe one kid started talking sooner. Mm -hmm. Maybe one kid just is incredibly talented at a sport or an instrument or whatever. And that's Mm -hmm. wonderful. Yes, yeah. You know, and enjoy that. Exactly, As a exactly. But you don't need to constantly talk about it because really no one wants to
0: hear. Exactly, you know? exactly. Your family does, yeah. and that's great. And that's, but- yeah, there is another acronym that you mentioned, TMI, and it's not too much information. <laughs> In um, Sue Groner's book, it is Timing, Manner, and Intonation. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, well, that's a little bit about what I said before, mm-hmm. um, the, except we didn't touch on the timing. The timing, don't... Don't start an important conversation when your kid is exhausted. Right. You know, right. or when your kid has just hung off like <laughs> a bad experience yes. or something. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do it right before bedtime. Pick your spot, pick your time, Mm. you know, go for a walk if it's an important conversation, if it's something you want to do. Maybe you do it after dinner when everyone's been fed and, you know, is a little more relaxed. Mm. Maybe you do it on a Sunday afternoon, you know. So the timing is really important. And then the manner and the intonation. Again, it's it's the tone of voice that you use. Yes. It's, It's the pacing. It's all of that is part of the communication mm-hmm. it's not just the words yes you know i mean if you are home and your partner comes home and you're in the thick of it and you need help mm-hmm. and you're like oh, you're finally here i really need your help right now <laughs> you know could you do that you know that's not gonna go over so yeah well. no it's you know, true it's like, true oh i'm so glad you're home i could really use a little help <laughs> right now do you think that you have a few minutes
0: Yes, yeah, and then you get the outcome that you want. So true. Um, This brings me to uh, tip number 26, speak softly. The quieter the voice, the bigger the impact. And I am slowly learning this. um, And I think, you know, maybe our knee-jerk reaction, especially when you have young kids, is to yell. Right. But then when you um, are kind of uh, coaching them through whatever it is um, and, you know, teaching them to not do something in a whisper, how powerful that can be. You know, they listen closely. You know, it's like, you know, sweetie, we don't do that. You know, we don't hit. We don't, you know, whatever it is, it can be way more impactful than, oh my God, stop it.
1: Yeah, I think, (laughs) you know, even in a, I think you can have a firm tone of voice and still speak softly Mm -hmm. if it's something That's really important. If you want your kids to put their shoes on and you yell and you yell, we all know. Yeah. They're not listening to what you're saying at all. And so you need to go and look them in the eye Mm -hmm. to kneel down. Mm. That's another tip. Yes, to their level. Keep to their level. So you need to do that and you need to talk softly to them Mm. and then they will
0: hear you. Um, another great tip was uh, number 10 create your own family traditions and you said um, just as examples you can always wake up to a treasure hunt on birthdays or popsicles in the park on the last day of school and have that be your tradition and I I love that because I think we we tend to peg family traditions on holidays um, but then you can create a ritual um, just in the day to day that your kids can get excited about and if you do it every year every week yeah, you, there's no so, reason why
1: there's some of them can't be every week. I mean, right, we all wake up on Sunday mornings and you have a cup of tea together and play games.
0: Exactly, that exactly. Be the
1: first thing you do every Sunday morning. I mean, there's so many ways and things that you can do that starting your own mm-hmm. and that's very special to your own family that nobody else does. Right, is a very nice thing.
0: Yes. Uh, another acronym um, tip number eighty-seven, Ohio. Only handle it once. Right.
1: Yeah. Only handle it once. Mm-hmm. Don't take your coat and throw it on the floor because then you have to pick it up again and right. hang it out. Right. right. Exactly. Don't put the dish in the sink. Put it directly in the dishwasher. Right. Right. You know? So easy. The garbage goes right in the garbage bin.
0: Yes. Exactly. Why well, come back to do something that you can just be efficient, get it done. Right. You know. Um, failure is your friend. I think that's something that's hard for all of us to kind of grapple with, but um, it's something that we have to, you know, deal with as a parent, and, you know, and you're kind of advising that we embrace that.
1: Yeah, very much so. I don't think it should be considered a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a learning opportunity. I mean, and I know that sounds sort of, oh, a learning, you know, but <laughs> the learning opportunity is already. Yeah. <laughs> but... but it is, I think, like, if kids really have a hard time with failure, if we, you know, and we, we're we not loving and open and accepting of it, then they want to try less
0: things mm. where they might
1: fail, you know, then their ability to problem solve, you know, will diminish because they're not going to be open to trying things that may not work.
0: Right. You know, I mean, with,
1: with our kids, when, you know, maybe they came home and they were unhappy about a test grade or their report card or whatever. And, you know, instead of saying, why did you not get all A's or, you know, well, you know, Mm. what do you think of your report card?
0: Mm. You know, it's,
1: it's, I want them to own it. You know, right. We want our we should want our kids to really own these things and not get good grades or not succeed at something because it's going to make us happy mm-hmm. because they're going to get that external motivation. We want to help them develop the internal motivation. And you know, right. with a lot of kids, that doesn't happen yes. until they're much older. Right. But it right. Usually happens. You know. Yeah. And listen, it could happen after college.
0: Right. You right. Know? Yeah.
1: But it. it Everyone evolves at their own space, in their, in their own space, in their own time. In their own time, yes. You know, and we can't keep pushing and pushing and forcing and, you know, it just causes so much conflict. So mm-hmm. you, know, you look at that report card and they go, well, I wish I had done a little bit better um, on, you know, on my math, in math. And say, okay, well, you know, do you have any ideas what you could do? Mm, wow. You know, instead of, well, you're going to have to work a lot harder. You're going to have to study a lot more. So what do you think you could do? Okay, great. That sounds great. Give it a try.
0: Oh, wow. This is really great. I think that this is um, essentially the opposite of helicopter parenting. Um, I wanted to actually share a scenario. A friend of mine works in HR, and she said she was just so appalled at the fact that a lot of the millennial children who are applying for jobs, um, their moms are calling to negotiate their salaries. So what do you have to say about that? I think it's horrible. Yeah, it's it's just, yeah. I think it's
1: horrible that parents call professors in college. Yes. I think it's horrible that parents are calling teachers in high school or middle school or honestly— Even grade school. Okay. You know, I think what we can do is help our children learn to advocate for themselves. Mm. That's what's important here. Right. And I think that if we can realize that the outcome, these individual outcomes are so much less important than the process.
0: Okay. yes
1: Mm -hmm. so yeah if my kid has chores to do and maybe they don't do them well or maybe they forget three days out of the seven it's a process right so then we're going to talk about it and we're going to say well what can you do what do you think you can do to remember to do them on these other days
0: exactly you know
1: and so not going to expect that as soon as we all agree that you now have chores to do that the first week it's going to be perfect yes exactly but it's, it's how you get to that point. Mm-hmm. And then you're not just getting them to do chores. You're getting them to learn to take on responsibility. Right. To remember. Hold themselves to, accountable. Yes, yes. There's so many great things that come, but we always have to remember this is a process. Mm. And these kinds of things take time. It's developing habits. It's breaking habits. Right. You know, and think about it for yourself.
0: Yes, exactly. Right? And, exactly. You know, those
1: things are not that easy. Yes,
0: yeah, exactly. It's great, great points. Uh, So what's next for you?
1: You know, in addition to doing the workshops
0: and the groups and the individual stuff,
1: um, I'm really excited about working, you know, in the corporate environment because Mm -hmm. I just think that those are the parents who need the most support. Things like, you know, reducing the morning mayhem, Right. I mean, how many parents just, I mean, you know how hard it is to get your kids out of the house in the morning. Yeah. Imagine having to be at a meeting at a certain time that you have to be prepared and focused for. Sure. And you know, by the time you get to work, you're already exhausted and frustrated and you probably yelled at your kids and you were yeah. rushing and you're sweating. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, how do you get out of the house in the morning and not feel that way? Right, you know, like right, right. a lot of, you know, fairly easy skills and strategies to help with that yes you know how to deal with sibling rivalry how do you go to work or even if you're not full-time working how do you deal with you know worrying constantly about that fight that your kid had with her best friend Mm. you know or the you know the um the audition for a play or tryouts for a team or a big test that your kid had like you don't need to be spending so much of your day worrying about that stuff. Worrying,
0: yes. You yeah. know, yeah. mean,
1: we all went to school. We all experienced it. But we don't need to be there to wear our children's emotions. Yes. And again, let me say, this is not easy. It takes a long time to get to that point. Mm. You need to keep telling yourself this over and over. And even with me as the parenting mentor, for it took me talking about it for a long time until I actually... Embraced it and felt it, and now when my kids go through hard times, I am there for them for support. (laughs) But I never question what they're doing or what they did, you know. And I don't. I I really, really, truly look at this as an opportunity for them for Mm -hmm. growth.
0: Yes, absolutely. Just
1: more coping mechanisms. Right. More resiliency. I mean, that's so important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah.
1: And if if you can start doing that with a 2-year-old or
0: a 3-year-old <laughs> oh my You gosh, are golden. You're golden.
1: <laughs> and another another thing that I feel is really important um and if you can start it with little kids it's great. If you haven't start it now it's never too late in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um it's I think one of the things we need to do is to start normalizing negative emotions.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Um so when your kid is upset by something instead of we're going back to the fixing concept right. instead of fixing acknowledge yeah. mm-hmm. you know what i don't blame you for feeling that way
0: right and validate I, I feel
1: the same way or i'm such bummer you didn't get invited to that birthday party you know when i don't get invited to a party or an event that i would really love to go to i get disappointed too mm-hmm. and give them a hug And that's kind of it. Yeah. You don't need to talk about it anymore. You don't need to then say, well, don't worry, we're going to go do something really fun that day. (laughs) Right? That kind
0: of defeats the purpose. Right, right, right. Let them sit with that emotion. Yes,
1: yeah. And they've gotten through it.
0: Yes.
1: You know, and when they do, you can acknowledge, Mm -hmm. wow, you know, you were so frustrated a little while ago. And I watched how you got through that. And that was really impressive. You know, you must. You must feel really good about that, as opposed oh. to I'm so proud of you. Yes, yes, you know? yeah. Because again, that's like how does you another, feel? And right, you we're able to do that. Right,
0: right, right. And right. then
1: we need to talk about our own feelings the same mm-hmm. way. Wow, well, mommy is so frustrated right now. I've been looking all over for my phone and I can't find it anywhere. You know, I'm so frustrated. I can't get my computer to work. I can't open this. like Mm -hmm. anything that you find frustrating or disappointing or you're worried about. Yes. Our kids need to see that we feel those things and that they're normal. It's
0: normal, yes. Because
1: I really think that, you know, when we're always saying, and I used to do this, oh, sweetie, don't worry. It'll be fine. (laughs) Oh, honey, don't be sad. It's okay. Right. all those feelings.
0: What are we saying? Yes. Don't, don't feel, feel sad. Way. Yeah. You exactly. Feel that. Right. Way. Right. Or and not s- cry. Yeah, and yeah. So that
1: when they do, they're thinking, "I feel this way, but I shouldn't feel this way." Right. So now there's something wrong with me. Or yes. Then there's the anxiety. Like right. they double down.
0: Yeah. Yep. You know. Absolutely. I, I
1: don't be worried about being worried.
0: Right. Don't right.
1: Be concerned about. Feeling sad, like, okay, exactly. I feel sad. Yeah. That's a normal emotion. And exactly.
0: And tomorrow well, won't. And you won't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you will get through it uh, and allow yourself to.
1: Yeah.
0: How has motherhood changed you as a mm-hmm. person?
1: I think it probably made me a much less judgmental person. Mm. Um, first of all, I don't judge other parents. You know, there could be, you know, one of your good friends could have a kid who's just really really, you know, difficult. It had nothing to do with, with the parenting. Yes.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: nobody yeah. knows what goes on. And you yeah. know you could look and just see a kid acting out or acting up and you know, just assume well what's the matter with that mother? What's right. What's the matter with that father? Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. but you don't you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And also with my own kids, like I don't have like these ridiculous expectations. And the more I just kind of observe, the more fascinating I find it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like, if we kind of say to ourselves, wow, I'm so lucky to have the opportunity to watch a little human being evolve into an adult, I get that privilege. Right, right. Then it kind of changes our perspective a little bit. Instead of, I have this little child and I'm going to mold it into what I ex- want it and expect it to be
0: yeah and
1: I'm going to just see what happens I'm going to present opportunities and and guide. guide yeah and let them go with it
0: Mm-hmm. oh wow that's you know, so like, beautifully I also put I
1: like the concept of quitting is such a such a negative and instead it's okay I'm done with this I want to try something else Mm -hmm. you know yes like if your kid is doing a sport yeah you know what you made a commitment to the season you net got to stick it out but if you want to try something else afterward that's great right go for it (laughs) you know I think that Life should be like a funnel. You know, you start out at the bottom of the funnel and it keeps getting wider and wider and wider, Mm -hmm. more and more and more opportunities instead of the other way around, where you like are pigeonholed into having to do one thing and excel at only one thing.
0: Right, right. I'm still
1: learning and growing.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I love Mm -hmm. how you put that. Okay, so one thing that I do ask um, all of my guests is their mom sense moment. (laughs) (laughs) And mom sense is, you know, my coined term for um, a mother's own sixth sense, our intuitive power. So um, was there, you know, a point in time that you remember that it's like, oh, wow, I I trusted my mom sense here and it didn't steer me wrong?
1: Yeah, there is actually. And... After having, like, positive results from what I did, mm-hmm. I just continued to do it okay. with both of my kids. And we were <clears throat> we were actually in Telluride, Colorado. My daughter was maybe 16 months old, mm. I think. She was really young. Yes. Um, and I could see she was starting to get a little agitated where we were. We were sitting in a booth in a restaurant, I remember. And this person that we kind of knew came and sat with us. And I could just sense... That she wasn't having a good time with this experience at the moment. And I didn't want it to get worse. Right. And so I just picked her up, and we went somewhere quiet. And I just sat with her and said, hey, you know, just want to let you know what's going on. This is John, that guy. We met him here. I explained to her, like, I didn't baby talk her. Mm, Okay. That I just told her what was going on. Mm -hmm. That we were going to all have dinner together and so she would know and have the expectations of what was happening okay I think so you know so many kids like they're just thrown into situations without actually knowing it and that's what can really upset them Mm -hmm. but so she knew she said okay we came back and she was totally fine and I saw like even in her face like she just relaxed because she knew (sighs) what to expect and from then on whether it was her next birthday party where we went through exactly what was going to go on she wanted Big Bird and Elmo to call but you know I knew Sometimes kids get really scared about that. Yes, yeah. we went over and over exactly how the party was going to go. And so then she would repeat it back. And so I found that the more I could prepare my kids Mm. for anything that was out of the normal routine, the happier and better off that they would be.
0: Wow, that's really good advice. Let's not forget our quote of the day.
1: There are lots of quotes that resonate with me, and I'm always finding new ones. Mm-hmm. I actually heard one yesterday that I wrote down, mm-hmm. and it's not it's probably not verbatim. Oh, right. Um, it was actually I was in the car and I heard former Vice President Biden giving a speech. Let's use our example as power, not our power as example.
0: Oh wow. wow. Oh my goodness!
1: Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, my power as a mother to a little kid is I could yell and punish, and but what good is that, right? Yeah, Um, set an example and use that.
0: It's now time for Mom Hall, when we share products we love. So, is there a product that you? I just want to share with everyone. Yeah,
1: well, there are two actually.
0: Yeah, sure. Two. Okay. Of course. One of
1: them, which I, my whole family loves, are Yasso bars. Okay, Yasso. Y S S O Yasso bars are mm-hmm. hundred calories and they're yummy. Mm-hmm. They Come in all different flavors and they're actually really good. Okay. Um, I think they're like Greek yogurt bars, but they don't have that like soury taste. Oh yum! Yeah, they're really good. Those sea salt caramel ones. Okay. Really?
0: <laughs> good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah other, that's great. I guess, the
1: other thing that I'm loving lately is high-quality CBD oil. Mm.
0: Um,
1: I take some drops under my tongue every night before I go to sleep. And it just, you know, I've never had much of a problem sleeping, but it really does give me a better sleep. And, you know, supposedly it really helps with anxiety and you just need to get a really good quality one.
0: Right, right. Um, and
1: then you take the tincture and you just put the drops under your tongue and you just let them absorb. I think, yeah, great. I'm
0: sure a lot of us moms need that, yeah, you know. I think it would
1: be such a great thing for moms mm-hmm. to help them get to sleep. and.
0: Yeah, and check out. you know what i mean i think that there's so many things swirling in our heads especially right before bed um to-do lists and i mean if you are worried about something but it's just it's a lot and um so yeah it's nice to sometimes you need a little assistance to just check out
1: right rather than taking a prescription right exactly
0: exactly yeah this is still like
1: Manufactured
0: medicine. This is like all natural. natural and, mm-hmm. you know, okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This was so insightful, and it was just fun to be able to chat with you and connect with you on on this personal level. Um, I know that I'm going to definitely use Clear um, now in my parenting, and I think a lot of the moms listening are going to do the same. Oh, so, I hope so. You. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. How did you like today's episode? Sue is amazing, isn't she? I loved her book, Parenting, 101 Ways to Rock Your World, Simple Strategies for Parenting with Sanity and Joy. The tips are short and sweet and apply to kids of all ages. So whenever you are seeking a bit of advice, you can pick up the book, take it in, and implement the strategy in your daily routine. It's brilliant. I want to thank you all for listening and subscribing to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. I'd like to share one of my reviews with you now. This one is by C Cash, and he says, My sister loves listening to your podcast and just happens to be expecting, so I was trying to help her find some new shows, and I stumbled upon Kanika's That's Total Mom Sense. Ever since I showed her, she's been obsessed. So I just want to leave a quick thank you for scoring me some good big brother points. (laughs) Smiley face. Oh my goodness, this review makes me so happy. You are definitely getting those brawny points, buddy, and you're going to be an awesome uncle. I can already tell. I wish your sister a very happy and healthy pregnancy. And if you're listening, savor every moment, sweetie. Meditate, take time to connect with yourself and the baby and all your loved ones. You are creating something so beautiful and your life will be forever changed when your little one arrives. Well, uh, write to me, all of you, at that's thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or just want to say hi. And remember, always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, super mamas. See you next time. That's Total Mom Sense.